I mean, some nicknames people give you and some you kind of kind of come up with on your own. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I mean, the, <laughs> the pop rioter I kind of gave myself from the popcorn shop. But Marky Mark, that was, that was bestowed upon me. Yeah. All right, I won't go there again. Yeah, let's not go there. Maybe anymore. not till the next episode. Yeah, let's save that. So what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about finding your why. Um, because when you start to think about... I thought we were talking about what mentorship is. Oh yeah, that's too. That too. What do you want to talk about first? Let's do what mentorship is. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, let's do it. Okay. So What is mentorship? Mentorship, I look at it, comes in about a couple different forms. So you have that old school mentorship when, you know, you were younger, you maybe went to the girls and boys club and it was really a safe space for you to go where there were other people there that maybe had some shared interests and then also you knew you could have some fun. And there were caring adults making sure you were keeping yourself out of trouble. And then I would say you move into things like your coaches. So you start to get into sports or you start to get into some after-school activities where there's things that are a lot more structured. So then you have those coaches or other caring adults that really give you some discipline, some outside guidance, that maybe it echoes what you hear at home, but it's just sounding a lot cooler coming from them other than your parents. <laughs> I never really had any, like, those old-school mentoring opportunities. Like, I had, like, kinder care, maybe, like, back when I was really young, but I didn't really go to after-school programs unless it was sports. Yeah. So, like, track and soccer were big for me. Yeah, I was the same way. I pretty much was enrolled in some kind of sport since I could, like, walk around. (laughs) Like, as soon as I was able to start moving, my mom was like, okay, we need to get you in something structured. Did you have siblings? I do. I have a younger sister. She's three years younger. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a brother, but he's 18 years younger. Mm -hmm. So... Your younger sister, you were probably the handful, and your mom's like, okay, like, I'll go make make sure she's playing sports, like, get her off my hands for a while, or is that... No, it was just sister. a way for my mom to make sure that I was learning some of those principles of teamwork, collaboration, uh, being disciplined, learning about what it means to make a commitment. Once we started something, we were not allowed to quit good for you so (laughs) that was that's a good rule yeah yeah so she was like whether you get in and you hate it or it's not the most ideal situation you're gonna write it out finish it and then you can decide if you know you're gonna move on from something like that Mm -hmm. um my sister i would say she was the one that needed a lot more structure to keep herself out of trouble Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially when we were younger uh you always found her doing something like cutting the cat's hair or something like that (laughs) and you'd be like well why were you doing those things and she never quite knew so my mom figured keep us in something that was productive (laughs) i like it yeah i like it sports were huge for me growing up i mean i got to i played soccer ever since i was like six wow 
and uh, eventually ended up on some travel soccer teams. But I really found my jam of track and like Henry Clue. Henry was uh, he was the man. He was the first person, first coach that I I felt like I really really related to. We ended up becoming state champs in track and field. Now this was when I was in high school. Under his tutelage, him and and Tom Eck, like the head coach, we just really believed in in their system, and that helped us relate to our coaches. And you know, they kind of Henry not being a teacher, you know, he would fill in that role, but he would also be like, you know, like, hey, by the way, like this is how it is. It is in the real world. Like you talk to your real talk, you know. And yeah. uh, I thought that was really nice. It made him really easy to relate to and like to go to if you had a problem or something, like somebody other than your family. Yeah, and he was he, he it was important um, for him to like help us find you know track careers then after that too. So he helped point us in the right direction. Wow. So I had some coaches very similar to that, where they were some of my go-to people outside of just my family. So I had cheered competitively from age ten until basically all the way through college, and. Two of my competitive coaches when I was middle school through high school, uh, shout out to Scott Crasher Brash and Kim Brash uh, at Cheer Time. They treated uh, the people that came through their gym like their own kids. Uh, I think they did a nice job of really modeling what it looks like to be a mentor. So when we walked in the door, it wasn't just about preparing us to get ready for a cheerleading competition. Uh, they cared about our grades. They cared about our character. Uh, they cared about how were things at home. And if you came in with any of those things outside of cheer, they were having, they had an open door for you to come and talk about those things. And they would check you too. So if you came in with a C, um, you would basically be questioned as to what's going on in school and how are they going to how are how are you actually going to move that grade up and that I think set a was one of those starting threads that even those outside of your bloodline of family can really care about you and help guide you on a path to becoming your best self and even just without them, there are so many places I got to see around the United States uh, alone just from going to competitions and being selected to be on certain teams. And without them almost pushing for me to be on those teams and recognizing um, I had potential to do those things and then sometimes taking away some of those financial barriers for me to do those things I wouldn't have been able to participate in the way I did and also grow my view of what is out there outside of just Lancaster like my hometown uh, and to strive to do more so yeah they had a huge impact and they were that starting thread and I would say my college coach uh, shout out to Steve Willis mm -hmm. Um, at Albright, he made sure that I, he was one of those people that made sure I got through college and walked across the stage. It sounds like sports have been really important for both of us and like our, our upbringings. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that like the, the arts or, or something else can't like fill in that void in there too. 
Yeah, I think when you find that place that you're passionate about and you have a caring adult there, um, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a sport. It doesn't matter if it's an art class and you had a fantastic art teacher. It doesn't matter if it was a drama teacher. If they're caring enough to kind of plant that seed of plant that seed of you have the ability to be your best self, you know, it's, you can almost find it anywhere. I I was a I was a track coach too briefly. Like it's really hard to be a mentor and a coach like that too. Oh yeah. And I mean there's a, there's other types of like mentoring opportunities too. So when I started my business, you know, I knew that it was a way to give back, right? So you have like the old school sort of big brothers, big sisters, the YMCA sort of mentoring. You have the the less formal stuff like uh, coaches and sports. Um, you have the super informal things like, you know, I have a friend that I have a standing phone call with every day, uh, every day, uh, once, <laughs> that'd be a little, a little too That's much. That's intense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Brandon and I talk actually once a week, um, and it's kind of like an informal mentoring thing. And I think the importance, and there's more of them too, but the importance of noting that is, you know, people say mentor and that can be a very formal thing but it can also be a very informal thing and I knew when I started my business that I wanted to be a mentor and focus on on youth and youth development and finding your career and your path in life and so I you know you had the the nonprofit world and like those informal pieces and now you have the for-profit world that's really taking an initiative and stepping up to the plate there and being you know good shepherds of our land but also you know treating their employees well right the the triple bottom line uh, people playing a profit the three p's and so like that was super important for me when i started my business to make sure that i was a mentor then too for my employees and and as part of the community yeah and i think that is huge um like you said, mentorship can sound so formal in that you have this standing meeting and this person is going to tell you what to do. But I feel mentorship is very much more like this ex- organic exchange of knowledge between people. Um, and being mentored doesn't mean that you can't also give back and teach that mentor something as well it's tough you have to find the right person because i've had mentors i've i've reached out to for career advice um and unless you really like connect with the person and then until you connect with the person then you can't really connect with like the challenges they're giving you or the tools that you're giving you to to help work through the problem you're having so I mean now I have a coach right so like that's another type of mentor we pay I pay him we um he's you know uh trained to be a coach and we get along really well now we met twice before we underwent you know our our um you know formalized our relationship I'd say um but you know that was so that we can make sure that we connected and that I we understood who each other were and like how we were going to go about things and to establish trust and things like that so I think that sometimes those formal mentoring relationships until you really establish that trust then it's it's hard to to connect with the person at least that's how it has been for me and I think that makes sense because in order to receive knowledge you have to be open to it and if you aren't in a place of trust it's going to be very hard to be open uh so i can totally get that i've honestly haven't 
necessarily encountered somewhat of a formal mentor until I actually went to UPenn last year and that experience was really eye-opening because I was I was in a place of being a mentor but I was mentoring much younger students and I learned from them all the time and I think you had mentioned this in a prior conversation we had as well where you were you learn from them but they're not they're not self-aware enough to know that you know that small comment they made had taught you so much um so when I was paired up with my mentor at Penn uh they really emphasized that it's a two-way street and that you're not supposed to wait for your mentor to contact you and to reach out to you to do all the hard work it's a two-way street in that you guys are trying to build this partnership this collaboration and so you should be reaching out to them just as much as they're reaching out to you and you should feel just as comfortable bringing something to them or whether it's like a new article or something that they may find of interest or of value and bringing that into the relationship as well um it i think it creates that trust and it also creates a a stronger bond and relationship building when you do that that's mentoring yeah so we got uh informal and formal Mm -hmm. we have paid and unpaid we have uh other organizations as well we have like podcasts and so is there a way to mentor digitally being a digital mentor ah yes 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 our engineers <laughs> whispering to us. She's got a wealth of knowledge in this field, too. We're thinking we might have to get her on the podcast here. I, I actually used to run a mentoring program. <laughs> Online? No, for children that were in foster care. So we did um, we did do, like, some online. We did face-to-face. Uh, we did group. We did a lot of group mentoring. A lot of group mentoring. So. Wow. Yeah, she's definitely on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Do you want to introduce yourself? I, I mean, there's and because we did like sort of skip over other organizations like SCORE uh, and CareerLink. Um, uh, the Chamber can be a great place to find mentors. Um, yeah, and then you, we talked mostly about one-on-one, but I guess when we went to teams, you know, that was sort of a group aspect as well. And even this whole aspect about digital because you know the person that could be a great fit may not be in your hometown Mm -hmm. or in driving distance so a great way to do that is maybe go through LinkedIn you know go through LinkedIn look at those that are in careers that you're interested in or they're doing things that you're interested in and shoot them a message and say hey I really love what you're doing and I would love to learn more about it Uh, and maybe get your advice on X, Y, and Z. And that's a great way to dip your toe into that uh, pond and get yourself started. And A personalized message, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And before you know it, you know, I did a lot of my mentorship uh, over the phone with my mentor from Penn. So there was a lot of Skypes or just hopping on a call and, yeah, discussing 
the different things that, you know, I needed some help on. Or sometimes, you know, he was working out things and he wanted a sounding board as well. So those were just quick and easy things that can help you find, actually, actually find your mentor and figure out who might be a good fit. It's easy to think about mentoring, like, just in the vein of career development and stuff like that, too. But, you know, I'm new to Lancaster, so it's great. You know, my boo, Sophie, she knows everyone around here, and she knows everything to do. And so, like, she's able to sort of, like, introduce me to the community and the great spots to eat that we have around here. And, you know, like, more, like, in the sense of a community navigator, too. So if, you know, you have something that you love, like, maybe that's rock climbing. You can go to the local rock climbing place and meet somebody there that obviously at least has some similar interests in you and you just talk to them and say hey where else can I go rock climbing like what other things are there to do and there are great equipment places around here and maybe there's a, a meetup.com or something you know an event that goes that goes for you I mean I've, I've been to some of those as well and it's it's really I mean the internet I guess has made it more more accessible to like find a mentor um, in your field or to help you with like a particular thing yeah yeah. And I love that whole idea of like thinking outside of career. If you have, you know, a side hustle or you have just something you're passionate about and you want to learn more about and grow yourself in, those are great ideas. Go to the places where your people gather and just start making connections because um, you never know what could come out of it. So, yeah, I love it. It almost sounds like um, go there with a plan. Mm -hmm. You know, look for the information. And when you go there, go there with a plan. Because sometimes I know um, our intention might be to find a mentor, but we get in our own way. So we'll get there and we'll be shy and quiet. And it's almost like you got to prep yourself and talk to yourself before you go. Like, hey, remember why you're here, your why. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. might be a nice segue into your why. Finding your why. Yeah. We were going to do that as a second episode. Do you want to just roll into it for, for this episode? or? Well, I just say that because she mentioned it at the very top of the show. I did. I, I think, did. I think you're so right. I mean, finding your why is like, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the most crucial step. Absolutely. Yeah, because finding your why is really what's going to drive all of the action forward. Uh, when you are feeling a little bit lost and kind of like, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what I'm going to do next or what I even like or, pas or what I'm passionate about, it makes it very hard to start being actionable on things. So That's huge. I mean, so I think of two instances right off. I mean, I think of so many instances of finding your why. So I'm interviewing now for the pop shop to hire somebody. And the gentleman that we interviewed, he came to us through CareerLink. Um, that was my whole thing is I wanted to talk. I wanted somebody that was actively like searching for a job and had reached out to find resources and was availing themselves of those resources. And, and he came to us and he's like, you know, I've had these different experiences and exposure, but like I haven't. It wasn't until I started doing this work with CareerLink that I was able to sort of like weed out the things I didn't like so I could get to the things that I did like. So him coming and being like, you know, I want to work for you because now I know that I want to be in the service industry and I'm personable and I want to greet customers and I love food and engage with that. I think, you know, it's it's really inspiring for me to know that he's now like he's in search of his why. Yeah. And every time I feel lost, I'm like, it's because you, you have to go back to, like, the reason you're doing something. That is so cool. Actually, I love that. Uh, I think something that's really important in 
what you just said was he weeded out the things that he didn't like. Figuring out what you don't like or you don't want to pursue is just as important as figuring out what you do. Uh, because I feel a lot of people will try different things and they'll be like, oh, that wasn't it. That was such a waste of time. But in actuality, it's getting you, actually getting you closer to what your true purpose is. Because now you've kind of pushed, you're able to push some of that stuff aside and start to get a little more laser focused on what it is you actually want. Yeah, just try not to make the same mistake twice. Yeah, you just, <laughs> once you've eliminated that, maybe not keep going back to it. I, the, when I worked for the state, I, I mean, I quickly realized that it just wasn't the right environment for me. So I was, I mean, I'm glad I had that experience, you know, but I realized that that, that wasn't, that wasn't my jam, you know. And then it was, it was funny because, you know, like I said, I, I lost my father and he was my mentor. He was the person that I always turned to. And so... I graduated from college, wasn't sure what to do, decided to go to law school because it sounded like the thing to do. I could prolong my decision. And there I met a mentor, although he didn't really step into that role until a few years later. Um, Ralph and I were talking. Uh, his name's Ralph. And I was like, you know, I just like, I'm, I'm losing my job, like through no fault of my own. My boss had a political appointment. It was about to expire. Um, but even before that, so th I knew that kind of when I got the job, I'm like, you know, I think what I'm doing isn't right. Like I'm a little, a little off from where I want to be. And he was able to sort of guide me into that spot where then I started doing uh, ca career planning, I guess you'd say, and um, self-reflection and introspection and uh, or being more introspective. And sort of thinking about like who I was and my values and what I wanted to do and where I was and where I wanted to be. And like since then, I, I've been so much more focused. Now I still get lost along the way and my big dreams have changed, which is all right. But it's easy for me to say no to the naysayers and be like, just like, if you like, this is my decision, this is where I want to go and this is why I'm doing it and where I'm going there. And if you don't support that, that's fine. But you can just, just like keep that to yourself because I don't need that. Right, right. And I, what was the process that you actually went through in order to get to that point of, I'm very clear about why I'm pursuing some of these goals. Uh, what, what were some of, uh, was it advice or was it a framework that he offered you in order to get you from A to B? It's a couple things. I mean, one, just knowing that you're in the wrong spot is good. Um, two, you know, you need a, somebody that you trust to turn to and somebody that's willing to listen and isn't going to judge you. And you have to realize that, I, I mean, not everyone, but so, so millions, billions of people go through this all the time where they don't know what they want to do or where they want to go. And it's easy when you're in it to feel like you're alone and you're lost, but you're not. You're just like so many others, and that's okay. Um, and so I trusted Ralph and talked to him, and it turned out that he provides career advice. Um, he was working at NBC at the time. He would basically go around to colleges, talk to students, but also talk to parents and provide career advice. And I didn't know that when I met him. I met him, he was going to law school, and he realized that he took his own career advice and realized that wasn't the right choice for him. And we're actually still really good friends. Um, and I'll provide you with, with the same career advice that he provided me. He had me do a worksheet. It was very simple, and um, I liked that. 
I like simple because um, I'll go some places and they'll give me something to do and it'll be all these things. I'm just like overwhelmed by words. But Ralph had me, um, Ralph had me take a piece of paper, turn it uh, horizontally, so it's it's long ways landscape landscape mode. You got it. Yeah, laying across, <laughs> laying across, um, and he had me basically divide the sheet into three columns, and he said, um, the left column is what you're doing now. It's everything you're good at, everything you love, everything you've accomplished. So you know you have a a bus- I had a business degree. I uh, like the outdoors. Um, I'm good at camping. I mean, being organized, traveling, like every, you're good at social media, whatever your life experiences are, just fill all those in, in the left column and say, current me, write that at the top. And then on the right, write future me. So skipping the middle column, go straight to the right side and you say future me. And that's where you, you dream, you dream as big as you can. You're not fearful. If you think about you picture yourself close your eyes and put yourself in your position when you're going to retire the day before you retire if you could do knowing that you can do anything you want to do in this world what would you be doing the day you retire and then write that down and if that's a place if that's a person you're with if that's multiple people you're with um if if that person like already exists like say you want to be uh tim cook or you wanted to be steve jobs or elon musk or or a politician you know write that person down and write down everything you know about that where those people go to school where are they living now where's their office are they managers the list goes on and on write down everything you can and you don't have to do all that in a day you know really think about it and it's your dream and there's nothing too silly and once you've done that you can work backwards. So every move you make along the path, you're filling in a piece of the puzzle, a skill that you don't already have. Maybe that's a degree, maybe that's a work experience, uh, maybe that's moving to the, to the new location. And so you're now on a career journey. Now there's, there's one thing to remember is your career journey can change and that that's okay. It's better to have a plan and try it and realize it's not right than to to just not even try in the first place. And, and, and the second thing is start telling your friends too. Like make it, make it real, own it, mean it, and, and don't be afraid, you know, go for it. Yeah, I really loved that framework so much. Um, so I, I honestly love that point too of starting to tell your friends because I knew when I was going to even apply to grad school, that was me just shooting in the dark. I had met someone while I was taking students on a college tour at USC, and she had started talking about her own personal journey, and she had taken the route of getting a degree in educational leadership, and how she described it, I was like, oh my gosh, that is me. And so I went back home after that trip to USC, and I just started researching. And once I had found uh, UPenn's program, I was like, I don't know if I could get in. Like, I barely survived undergrad. (laughs) Um, But I was so passionate about it. So, you know, I started the process of doing it, and I made sure to tell those around me uh, that I cared about that I was doing it. Because not only then was I holding myself accountable, the others around me could hold me accountable too, even just by checking in on me and saying, hey, like, did you submit yet? Or did you get through this part of the process yet? And I guess 
having that influence of them also looking at me helped to push me along. And I was, I was glad that I was trying to speak it into existence almost. That's so powerful. Good for you. Yeah. And I feel like you've also, it seems like, although maybe you haven't done it formally, at least informally, you've thought about what you want to do, and now you're working backwards from there to fill in the blanks. Yeah, most definitely. I think when I kind of ventured out into the adult workforce, I still hadn't quite found my footing as to what I wanted to do. I had graduated undergrad with a psych degree. I was, like, thinking I wanted to be a counselor, but I always had wanted to work with kids, so I said, oh, I'll be a school counselor. And when I started working in the mental health field, I realized very quickly that really wasn't for me. So I decided I wanted to take my time on figuring out what my next steps for school were going to be. And I maintained that thread I had talked about of paying it forward and making sure students that were coming after me could get that knowledge like well ahead of time and started pursuing those opportunities of figuring out how can I get myself in those spaces in order to do that and not be so worried about something like a degree and getting that straight away uh, because there's a certain time you have to do it which there really isn't Uh, and yeah focused on that and making sure that was my actual passion and once I did I felt so much more comfortable and driven to go after that next step yeah do you think that now's a good time to do our mentor moment of the week do you have a mentor moment or you want me to go yeah, I want you to go. <laughs> All right, I'll do this mentor moment of the week. So I was talking to Brandon, the gentleman that I talk to uh, once a week for about an hour, and he knows I'm starting uh, the pop shop, which is new for me. Before I had a stand that was open three days a week, just a couple hours at the Broad Street Market in Harrisburg. Now it's going to be open about six days a week. I'll have a staff, things like that. And so his his piece of advice when we were talking Uh, was about leadership and he pointed me to a study conducted by LinkedIn with almost 3,000 individuals and the most important things that those folks found uh, coming from leaders. So as a leader uh, it's it's very helpful to be uh, clear and consistent. So the two C's. So for me um, being clear for me means and I'm not great at those things so there are things I'm going to work on but being clear for me means kind of slowing down. Um, sorry, being it means being clear for me means sort of slowing down, and taking a moment to come up with the right answer the first time. You know, do I have more questions? And then it's also about giving a a, a directive or setting a a goal that's you know a smart goal, something that's outcome oriented, actionable, uh, and then not being a micromanager for that. Uh, and then repeating that and doing that process over and over again consistently. So my mentor moment of the week is that phone call, be clear, be consistent. Nice. Uh, I actually did have a couple mentor moments of the week. So uh, in my new wow, position. Men- <laughs> multiple mentor moments of the week. Yeah, all around the same topic. <laughs> um, I am in a new position at the Stone Independent School and really helping them with a number of things, but one of my main focuses is admissions. And not in the sense of getting a ton of kids in the school, but in the sense of when they're in in the school, 
how do we make them feel? And being new to the space, something I like to do is not try and reinvent the wheel, but seek out others that are doing it well and try and get some advice. So I had a couple of phone calls this week, um, one with a gentleman named Nathan, who works at an independent school, and then another gentleman named John. And it was just great to not hear them talk about the kids as, you know, money makers or anything like that, but really touch on if you're going to ask parents and kids to give you information, make sure that it's pointed and make sure that you can deliver on it. So if you're giving them this large sheet to fill out and you're trying to find out what is their interests, what uh, questions do they have uh, about the school and other things like that, make sure that they, when they come and see you, you know, you've read through those things and you actually use those as specific talking points to them. So they don't feel just like another person or number coming through your school. And that's something I strive to do is if we're building a community, uh, I'm looking at people as people, not as numbers. And the other thing that I thought was some really great advice was really give people a flavor of what you're trying to create. So if culture and individuality is really important to you, then make sure when they're coming through that they actually feel like individuals coming through. They feel special, they feel heard, they feel recognized, and they feel appreciated. So it was all great advice that it wasn't necessarily expecting to come from an admissions counselor because that is pretty much a, a sales position. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was great to hear others have a similar mentality and uh, just, yeah, getting some of that information was really helpful in my journey as I start to build out some things. Yeah, surround yourself with those types of people. Yeah. That's great. All right, well, thanks to our listeners for tuning in uh, to the first episode of The Popcast. This is your mentor space. Tune in next time. Thanks Bye. so much. <laughs>